Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name is Chris Medland, and this is Qualifying Day at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Max Verstappen is not on pole position, not even close. Fernando Alonso is on the front row, and there are five teams wanting to grab themselves a podium. So let's get into what happened on Saturday at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Now, we can't really start with anyone other than Max Verstappen on today's podcast. I'll be honest, FP3 on Saturday was a little bit depressing for the neutral. Max was so far clear of the rest of the field, the gap was basically one whole second to the first non-Red Bull racing car. And that was again in the daylight and the heat of the third and final practice session. The same as FP1 when he had his bigger advantage on Friday. And the gap did get closer when the lights went down for FP2. But I did actually post on social media that the sunset that was beautiful over the Jeddah circuit needed to bring a major change in the balance of performance if we were going to get anything like a competitive qualifying session. But then we never really found out if that was the case because Verstappen was out on track at the start of Q2, already got through Q1 without issues, and he suffered a problem, returned to the pits, having slowed and the car sounding very unhealthy, and it turned out it was a drive shaft failure and his session was over. That was before he'd even set a time in Q2. Verstappen was gonna end up 15th on the grid, at least. I mean, if there were any power unit penalties, it could have been more. It looks like just replacing the drive shaft should mean he doesn't need to go any further back, but we can only work on the pretense that he will start 15th. And what can he do from there? I mean, to be honest with you, it is beautifully set up for the race. Verstappen himself admits some excitement, but he also is very much aware that climbing through the field from that far back is fraught with danger in Jeddah. It's a street circuit, it's high speed, with the wall so close, trying to overtake and getting something wrong can cause incidents. You can get caught up in someone else's crash. Uh, we've had plenty of interruptions with safety cars and red flags in the past two races here. So there's a lot at risk uh, as he tries to fight back. And Verstappen is obviously disappointed that Red Bull have had a power unit or a drive shaft issue, but a reliability issue. So when he takes that into account, he doesn't think it's realistic that he can get all the way up into top spot and win the race. He does think though, that he can get back on the podium. And he seemed honest when he made that target because that's still a game of at least 12 places and passing some very, very quick cars. Whatever happens, Verstappen will be fascinating to watch. It should be spectacular to see him trying to fight his way through the field. He's never been shy to make an overtake. Even when he's had a big performance advantage, we've seen him have some uh, incredible starts. Spa last year, he came flying through the field from a lowly starting position and was in the lead early because of the way he was just willing to risk it and he was still robust even though he had a big performance advantage. So he doesn't tend to take it easy and it's gonna be great to see how he approaches things when the lights go out. Now, Verstappen isn't the only driver out of position when we look at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix grid. Charles Leclerc is too, but he already knew he would be 
coming into this race weekend. Leclerc actually had a good qualifying session. He was just one and a half tenths of a second off pole position, which Sergio Perez took in the other Red Bull, because yes, Red Bull still was quickest. But one of the caveats was Leclerc felt that Perez had way more pace in hand and it wasn't a true reflection of the gap. Either way, qualifying second, beating everyone else, kind of limited the damage of his grid penalty as much as it could. He had a 10-place grid penalty for changing a power unit component. That means he will start 12th. Now, Leclerc still calls Red Bull in another league, and he's not alone on that front. Fernando Alonso said the same, and it'll be Alonso who's starting on the front row, and therefore Perez's nearest challenger, as he qualified third originally, but benefits from Leclerc's penalty. Now, that gives Alonso a clear crack at Perez if he can hold position off the line, but realistically, what he needs to do is get ahead of Perez at the start. He doesn't really think he's in a race with Red Bull at all. He even expects Max Verstappen to catch him at some point and overtake him. So he thinks he's kind of fighting for the final podium position at best. Alonso did say he didn't want to be pessimistic because he was much more positive after the race in Bahrain where he did say he thinks some wins could come his way, that a victory is on the cards this season, but he'd need luck. And that's what he was saying tonight. In the race, he's going to need luck on his side. He's going to need maybe Perez to have an issue in the same way Verstappen had an issue in qualifying to open the door for him to win. But it would be really interesting to see how Alonso fares if he can get in the lead at the start. We've seen it before with him. When he's in a position to get a big result, he just comes alive and he goes into a, almost like a different zone. So it'll be fascinating to see if he can do that as well. But one thing that Alonso was really keen to push was what an achievement it is for Aston Martin just to be where it is right now. In pre-season, the team wanted solely to progress, and it certainly managed to do that. Another podium this weekend on a different track would be a massive result for Aston Martin and real validation of the steps they've taken because it would have managed to do it across two different circuits as well, and we could then expect that team to be competitive wherever Formula 1 goes this year. If Alonso is going to get himself another podium though, it isn't going to come easy for Aston Martin. Also in that fight are three other teams. We've got Mercedes with George Russell starting from third place. We've got Ferrari with Carlos Sainz alongside Russell on the second row in fourth. And don't forget Charles Leclerc did qualify second. He was the closest challenger to Perez in qualifying. And then there's Alpine in there as well. Esteban Ocon will start from sixth place, Pierre Gasly from ninth. So both cars in the top 10 as well. Unlike, as we mentioned in yesterday's podcast in Bahrain, where it was kind of a tale of two halves, depending on which car you're in, whether you had a strong qualifying or a strong race for Alpine in Bahrain, both drivers making it through to Q3 today. Now, Charles Leclerc himself highlighted race pace for Ferrari as being on a par with Aston Martin, Mercedes and Alpine. So all four will want a trophy out of the race. They'll all think that if they get it right, if it goes their way, they can finish third. Essentially, if they execute the race perfectly and they compete to the best of their potential, then they've got every chance of finishing on the podium. Now, George Russell pointed to the work that he did in the simulator to be comfortable with the car and says he's happy with actually how he feels in the Mercedes. It's just slower than he'd like. But that does mean he feels he can hold on to a top three spot if he manages to get ahead of Fernando Alonso because, once again, Russell thinks that Max Verstappen is going to be coming through his teammate is less positive. Lewis Hamilton says he has no confidence in the Mercedes after a tough qualifying, which will see him start seventh on the grid. And he just can't seem to regain that confidence. Hamilton pointed to some setup differences with Russell after qualifying, but says it was nothing to the extent of last year, when at the time Hamilton was carrying out some experiments to try and solve some of the porpoising issues that Mercedes was suffering from. 
never rule Hamilton out when there's a fight, especially when it's this competitive uh, and especially when there's some great names around him that he's gone wheel to wheel with a number of times in the past. Like Fernando Alonso, Hamilton does suddenly wake up in certain races when a great result seems to be on offer and you just suddenly find him running up front even if the car isn't able to stay there. We had it quite a few times last year with the struggles Mercedes had, but Hamilton leading races and just unable to hold on to victory. I think back to both Zandvoort and Austin when Max Verstappen managed to pass him late on. So it is so competitive between those teams behind Red Bull. It should be an absolutely great scrap for the final step on the podium, even if Verstappen does come through the field. And I can't sign off without a word on a rookie. Yesterday, it was Logan Sargent we were talking about. Today, it's Oscar Piastri. A brilliant effort from the young Australian to reach Q3 for the first time in his Formula 1 career at only his second race and qualify ninth, which will mean he'll start eighth with Leclerc's grid penalty. This track can bite, as highlighted by Lando Norris hitting the inside wall at the final corner and damaging his steering. That took Norris, who is Piastri's teammate, out in Q1, and Norris said it was a mistake he shouldn't be making at this point in his career, but you can excuse rookies for doing so, which makes Piastri's performance even more impressive. Now, holding off an Alpine, a Ferrari, and a Red Bull to try and score points might be a tall order, but it's already been a great weekend for Piastri with his Saturday result, whatever happens after this. To get the car on this track, where it really can bite, into the top 10 is pretty stunning to be fair, especially with a McLaren that hasn't been changed and hasn't looked all that competitive, certainly not in Bahrain. It's been a bit stronger here in Jeddah. Can Piastri follow up in the race? And how far will Verstappen and Leclerc climb? We don't have to wait long to find out. Don't miss an update from the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix this weekend by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. You can leave us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. And if you want more updates from the paddock throughout the day, you can follow me on social media. Just check the link in the show description to do that. My name's Chris Medland. Pit Pass F1 is an Evergreen Podcast. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.